Greetings, happy new year and welcome to 30 minutes with Mark more than 30. I'm your host Mark Ngotoni and on today's episode I'm joined by Lilian Mpondachuma who is a very nice host I got to meet when I was doing uh, a workshop last year. So we talk about her journey in public speaking as well as school and things that energize her. I hope that you find this conversation very useful as we did and enjoy it as we did making it. Welcome. So Lillian, you're becoming the very first guest for 2023. I think that is a good sign. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Karibu to 30 minutes with Mark more than 30. Thank you so much, Mark. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. How was it on your side? Um, restful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a very restful holiday. Kabisa. Very restful. Uh-huh. Uh, that's nice to hear. Did you go out? No, I don't go out. <laughs> On New Year's, mm-hmm. I'd rather sleep the whole day than going up. So were you up till six? I mean, till twelve o'clock? No, I can't when I when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. But I just I was just it was just a lazy day, I guess. Okay. Very lazy day. New Year, lazy day. Yeah. Do you normally do reflections? Yes, before New Year actually, okay. a month before. A month before. Either November or December, that's how I do it. Wow. Yeah. I really would li- like to pick <laughs> that one up. I, I, can, I can do a whole year reflections on one day. That's going to be a lie. Okay. Yeah. So I so need y- enough time for me to reflect what has been happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I remember the time that we met was during... Um, that was October. Yes. Yes. And uh, it was the podcasting. And you are the moderator. <laughs> And you moderated the session in such a way I was like, oh, I need to talk to this lady. <laughs> Because it was so professional. Mm-hmm. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> And everything like seemed to be running in the right cause. Mm-hmm. So how did this start? Because I have seen you doing a lot of these engagements. Um, I, I actually can't remember how it started, but it started a lot of years back. Yeah. Yeah. I think people just saw it in me. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it myself first, but people saw it. Yeah. I started hosting events, birthdays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The first event I hosted, actually hosted, it was a birthday and I was, I was 10 years. Wow. Yes, I was 10 years. So it was um, just a neighbor, a neighbor's kid was mm. having a birthday and I was invited there. So we went to celebrate a birthday and all of a sudden they picked me to be the MC. I didn't know how to do it at all. <laughs> But yeah. I think it all started from there. So, yeah, people saw it. Mm-hmm. And now here I am. <laughs> so do you take active measures to nurture that thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, still, I'm still shocked. Like, how do you see that professionalism from me? But I, it's actually something I do it like a hobby. I really enjoy talking. Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people. So... When it comes to professionalism, I, I don't know how. It just happens. Yeah. yeah. So when you look back at it, do you, does anyone in your family have that history? Um, I think it runs in our genetics. Mm-hmm. My dad has been on media. Um, my sister is a journalist. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. So the pattern forms. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Do you read the materials? Mm, no. 
Kabisa. I totally don't. I pick my stuff on my own. I yeah. think I listen to a lot of people, a lot of speakers. Yeah. That's how I do it. Do they have any input in your work? Mm, yeah. By how much? Just feedbacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Nothing much. How do you take their feedback? Positive. <laughs> Because <laughs> they like what I do, actually. They really love what I do. Yeah. yeah. So you have like a full support. Very much. Yeah. You are studying at Makerere. Yeah. This prestigious university. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is. How does it feel <laughs> to be at Makerere? It feels so good. Okay. Yeah. To be, um, to be in such a prestigious university feels so good. Yeah. No. How did it happen? Okay. <laughs> I think it, it happened like everything happens, you know. Everything just fell in line that I found myself there. But I think it happened after I missed, I applied for universities here and I didn't get any. Yeah. Actually, I didn't get the one that I wanted because I just shot my shot on one university and that was my target. After I missed that, I didn't want to go anywhere else. So I just sat, yeah. I freezed. Mm. So they gave me options. Mm-hmm. My parents gave me options. I had like four or five options and all, all those options, every, everyone fell to my career. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, or at least me, when um, I'm told to draw the picture of Uganda, mm-hmm. Right, it's red soil. Yeah, it is. <laughs> is it like that? It is red soil, yeah. Red soil, migomba. A lot. And then everything else. Yeah, migomba, kahawa. Yeah. It's a tropical country, so they do farm a lot. Okay. Yes, that's what they do most. It's beautiful. Uganda is really beautiful. It's so much green. Yeah. If you have been, ever been to Bukoba or somewhere like Iringa, Mbea, yeah. Yeah. that's the likes of Uganda. Okay. Yeah. So it's cold. Very cold sometimes. And I hear people like to party there. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. It's true. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for everyone who has stepped in Uganda, that's the one memory they'll come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Party. Partying. I should go there sometime. <laughs> um, if you're a party person. Yes. You should. You should. You actually should visit Uganda. Yeah, I'm told so. I mean, like, there is a friend that uh, stayed there for, for some time. And they told me, like, you know, Uganda and partying is like A and B. <laughs> you know, it just follows that particular course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's very beautiful, you know, when, how they arrange their music. Yeah. They have very specific, genre-specific kinds of music, kinds of clubs, all this and everything else in between. Everything. So... What would you say for a person that has no, never been to Uganda, that, that this is a very peculiar thing about it, that you're missing out? I think Ugandans are so different, and Uganda is very different from other East African countries. Yeah. Yeah. I have had a, an opportunity to be in Nairobi, like, twice. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's actually different. Uganda is different. So <laughs> you really need to, to be there to experience the whole different things. You know, when I tell you Uganda is different, you cannot get it. You have to be there. You have to be there to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. The culture, I think, is one of the things that I find very interesting because they hold that very dear in weddings, in functions. That is something that I'm told that actually still happens. They still have um, that chief who oversees stuff in a certain way. Yes. And it's just beautiful. I found, I found that weird at, at, uh, in the beginning. I really found that weird. How so? <laughs> um, you know, the, the negative thing about that is how people are captured with tribalism. Um, 
they, I think they have very few tribes in Uganda, so it's very easy for them to monitor that. Yeah. So, yeah, they are so into that, their culture and everything. Mm-hmm. When it comes to culture, they are so into it. Yeah. You cannot separate them from their culture. You can never. Like, um, it's so easy for somebody to introduce themselves by their tribes yeah. and not their nationality. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with difference to here, like when somebody comes here and asks you who you are, it's easy for you to mention, I'm a Tanzanian. But when you go to that side, I'm a Baganda, I'm a Nyankoles. Some such, such kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back to your speaking journey, right? Yeah. At 10, <laughs> you're emceeing your very first birthday. Yeah. How did it evolve from there? What else do you remember during the journey? What else do I remember? You know, I'm this shy person. I'm really shy. And I fear crowds. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's actually um, from the pushy how people have been seeing it and forcing me to go in front of people, do some stuff that I didn't want by then. Yeah. So that's how it happened. I remember the other events I've been hosting were in school when I was in A-level. Yeah. But it started, I think, yeah, that's how I picked up from where I lost myself <laughs> in that journey. So yeah, some other people saw it again and they were forcing me to do it. And by then it was so comfortable because I was doing it with my friends. So yeah. I found it so fun and I loved it. You still afraid of crowds to, to date? Somehow. What about it? I'm not sure if I can tell more about it, but <laughs> it's still it's still there. Do you have to be in a certain mind state now? Yeah. To conduct an event. Yes, actually, I have to. The way I show up myself every morning, like when I know I have an event to host, when I know I have a lot of people to meet, I have to prepare myself like um, a week or days before. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I show up to myself that day has to totally be different from how I show up to myself the other days. Yeah. Because I have to carry that positivity in me (laughs) that is so, so, I mean, so extra. Yeah. Yeah. Is it draining? Very draining. Do you have to re-energize after every event? All the time. Wow. So what if you have events back to back or you have to cancel on some? No, I I do them after that. I take a very long break. Okay. Yeah. That happened to me. I think it was in October. Mm. Yeah. It happened to me and I had to take, I didn't have time to take a break, but I took a break. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I won't, if I don't do that, actually, I I don't know. (laughs) I can just uh, fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Does it scare you? Every time. You're meeting new people, you're meeting new crew. I mean, you're meeting a new stage. Um, everything is totally different. Mm. I don't actually normalize the stage. No matter how many times I'm, I, I, I show up there, no matter how many times I show the same, I mean, I'm, on, I'm with the same audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't normalize whatever thing I find there. It is always a new thing. It's always a new thing for me. And I always have to deliver something new to the people. So how do you top that? Because for a normal person who is looking at you, you're just guiding <laughs> the audience and the speakers yeah. in an event. Yes. Right? So how do you deliver something new every time? I update myself so oh. much. Okay. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of speakers. I read a lot. So it's just automatic. When I'm, sh- when I'm in front of people, I... I must have something different, different yeah. content. 
um, the way I speak, the way I deliver anything I'm supposed to deliver have to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Do you go to an event, right? Because yeah. you say that it's it's a new experience every yes. time. But do you have like a preconceived notion of like, this is my audience. So you create that scenario in your head before you go to it? Or when you go to it is when you're stepping into it? I think when I get there is when I'm stepping into it. All right. Yeah. Because I had expectations because sometimes... Things go sideways with expectations. Yeah. So I, I don't expect anything. Hmm. It's after I'm there and I know, okay, these are the people and this is what I'm supposed to do. So how do you engage the crowd? Because I remember on the last session, yeah. you were very good with the crowd. <laughs> how does one really, like, tell me the, the position of the audience in regards to an event. You know, you're emceeing an event yeah. or you're moderating a session. How important is the audience and the audience energy to you? I do that by personalizing the audience. To okay. me, it's not like a huge number of people. When I see that huge number of people, to me, it's like one, it's like one person. So I have to consider everyone who is there. If they, ha- if they had breakfast in the morning, maybe. Mm-hmm. If those people are stressed, are those people tired? Mm-hmm. What do they be, I mean what are they thinking by that time? Yeah. So that's how I personalize with them. Okay. So when I'm just in front of them it's not that this is the host standing. Mm-hmm. It's just me trying to make friendship with those people trying to relate with whatever they are going through or whatever they have been through. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's say for example you give the audience something and they don't respond. I switch. How quickly? Very quickly. I think when you stand in front of people, you know it. Okay. Yeah. You know when something has been a turn off, mm-hmm. something has been a turn on, so it's either you keep doing it or switch as fast as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that session was very beautiful, <laughs> moderated. And one part of it that keeps standing on me mm-hmm. was how you are engaging the audience. I have never really seen something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> but, you know, you kept pulling them in into the conversation in ways that I think felt very, very friendly and very, very open. And to me, that was the thing. Like, how do you do a thing that is personally you and they also get to take part in it? Yeah. You know, because most of the time when you are creating something, sometimes you might think that, oh, if I invite another person, they might meddle with what I actually want to deliver as a person. You get what I mean? So that was the thing that you were able to pull these people inside and they felt like part of the larger conversation. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's one, one very magical. One thing is um, you have to make your audience feel like they matter. Yeah. So engaging with them makes them feel they matter. So even when they don't want to pay attention, they will pay attention because they have that feeling that we matter. Yeah. We're here for something. We're here for someone and someone at least wants to hear us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are many things that I go. <laughs> it takes a lot. Yes, it take, I think it, I mean, like at any time T, mm-hmm. I think you're thinking about a thousand things and how to yeah. place them in the correct way. Yeah. And then you have to make sure about this lands, this comes, this goes, yeah. this comes, this goes, and all that. It's not just about standing in front of people. It's never about yeah. standing in front of people only. I think it's not just about that. Yeah. And most of the times I remember even when I started doing podcasting, yeah. I thought that, oh, I like to speak. <laughs> so when I just like, I can turn on the mic mm-hmm. and words will start flowing. And before I knew it, it was only like three minutes and I'll start struggling for words. You like see? where are <laughs> words? Like 
where are my words? It's and I was like, like no, 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 it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so I started following back uh, to see what other podcasters do. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they come up with these words, yeah. which seem like they're coming out with them from like out of the blue, but they have already been uh, through these words. You know, so it was like very, a very humbling experience <laughs> to start with. And then it was like, oh, this is like how they do it. And I'm constantly trying to find new ways of uh, speaking, new ways of relating a certain message. And for many people, it will be like, it's just something that you do. Mm-hmm. But I think when you are the person who is act- actively doing it, it feels different. Exactly. It has to feel different. Every time you do it, it has to feel different. Yeah. Uh, they say it's not only a, um, it's not only about talent. Yeah, you must put some work onto it. Do you believe in talent? I do. One of my friends doesn't believe in talent. Why? They just say that talent is really just repetition of something <laughs> until you become very good at it. Mm-hmm. Because that is like that is how people become talented. Because I cannot really say for a fact that you are a talented speaker because yeah. you're constantly, let's say, for example, the way you say it that you're reading about yeah. uh, speakers, you are listening to podcasts, you're updating yourself, uh, you know how to interact with a, an audience. So it is definitely something that is a skill a person can learn <laughs> if they want to. Exactly. You know? So yeah. that is like the way that he dismisses uh, that part of, you know, it's just a talent. You're born with it. And he's like, no, 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 no. Nobody's born doing anything. <laughs> you know, uh, nobody's born doing anything. So it is like, a result of maybe repetition and hard work okay. that brings these results. Nice perspective. <laughs> <laughs> nice Do you way. ever want to run in um, speakers' competitions? Because I see like Toastmasters and all these things. Mm, I've, I've never thought of speakers' competition. I've never thought of that. Why? I don't think if I, I want to compete with anybody when it comes to speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think if I'm that... Mm, I'm that ready for competitions. Oh, I really want competitions. What do you think about those competitions? What do I think about competitions? Yes, especially when it comes to speaking. Uh, do you think people can compete when it comes to speaking? Uh, they can compete, but it can be effective. The winner might be somewhere else mm-hmm. than the other person who is winning actually there. How so? So, um, I mean, we, we all have... I, we, <laughs> we, we have already talked about talent, but we have different talents when yeah. it comes, actually, when it comes to, to speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, we all speak differently. Yeah. The way Michelle Obama speaks is different from how Oprah speaks, different from how I speak and everybody else speaking. Yeah. So when you take all these people and putting them in a competition, it actually depends on what you want from them, actually, and not who they are. Okay. Yeah. But what if, um, now let's say, Let's put speakers on, on mm. that particular board, yeah. right? What is considered a successful event from you, like from a speaker's perspective? Uh, from a speaker's perspective, if you, how you engage with your, with your people, mm-hmm. the message you deliver and how impactful it was to people. To people, yeah. yeah how remarkable and memorable mm-hmm. your speaking was to them. So you think we, do you think we can measure that? Yeah, so we can have Lillian come, we can have Oprah come, and yeah. then we'll measure it depending on how people felt about yes. their speech. Yes. And one thing we should know by measuring that people have different emotions. Yes. Yeah. Some people do understand when 
a person speaks this way, yeah. a person sends this kind of message and not the way we want it. I might be a good speaker, but to the different audience, I might sound a terrible speaker. Like what kind of an audience? Do you have like an audience that you gravitate towards? I personally think, yes, I do. And that is? I, I don't know, but I think not everybody <laughs> understands what I do when I stand <laughs> in front of people. What do you say? Um, when I stand in front of people, that's the gesture I, I must have. Like, okay, I'm doing this, but I know some people won't pick anything from this. So I just go with those who are going to move with me. How do you know those people are going to move with you? I just pick any. Mm-hmm. from the audience that I have. One who is so attentive, mm-hmm. engaging, and mm-hmm. that's the person I go with. You get to see it when you stand in front of people. You get to see it. Sounds like magic, you know. <laughs> mm, I, don't, I don't think if it's magic. You just happen to know it when you do it a lot. Oh, so you just, like, it somehow, like, connects with you. Like, you know that you're yeah. doing a good job. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's... <laughs> You know, everything can speak to you. It just, um, it's just how you happen to listen to it. But everything can speak to you. How do you mean by that? Um, have you read this book, um, The Alchemist? Yes. Um, if you've read that book, you must have been understanding what I'm speaking about. It's like everything speaks about it. But, but you know, like in The Alchemist, uh-huh. this guy actually goes on a trip uh-huh. all around uh-huh. only to figure out that whatever that it is that he's looking for, uh-huh. he left it at the very beginning of the uh-huh. journey. And everything was speaking to him in the beginning, but he didn't notice. Yes, he didn't, like, he didn't have like, the, the, the way to discern yeah. until he met that thing that was the clue that spoke to him. So when and you he <laughs> remembered that, oh, shoot, I had everything all over at home. So when you read that book, you actually don't wait for you to um, finish the whole journey to discern. Yeah. You start discerning from the very beginning, knowing that anything can happen and that might be the voice that needs to speak to you. That speaks to you. Yeah. So you can just enter into a room and notice that the energy in this room is sore down and yeah. I have to rectify it. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to, um, to finish everything and notice that my audience weren't so cooperative today. Mm-hmm. You can see it from the very beginning. Yeah. That they are not. Yeah. So have you ever like been in a session and you had to like lift the spirit of a person? Like, you know, this guy is in a very different space. Like, are you bokabisa up in this <laughs> session? And I have to pull them down. I mean, like, I have to pull them in, into this room. Yeah. Like, to make sure that the attention is here. Yeah. How do you do that? Um, there are two ways to do it. You can either be so positive or negative. You can either find something positive that, they ca- that can make it they can, I mean, can make them feel so happy yeah. or lifted, or you can find something negative that will trigger their emotions that they start paying attention to what you're speaking. So when you say something negative, yeah, do you mean like a dark joke or something? A dark joke, a critic. Okay. Yeah. What if they coil back? They will, but they'll start listening. If so, you are, yeah. So you have been like putting them on the spotlight or something. Yeah. <laughs> What this person trying to speak to us, you know? So what have you learned about people like when you stand on these stages and talk? What, what is it that constantly keeps coming back at you about people? It's not always about me. That's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. It's not always about me. Sometimes it's 
about them because you can be so good at a thing yeah. trying to deliver it but when somebody doesn't want to hear it mm-hmm. you can force that person to kabisa and that happens on everything so it's not always about me mm. <laughs> yeah are there like ranks when you do public speaking as in like maybe you start this is beginner level and this is the kinds of interactions that you get right and then you as you climb that ladder you maybe find different ways of connecting to people and touching different places if you know what i mean like for example when you when you normally talk to a person at the beginner level yeah. it's just maybe you looking at them you know and then try to make these scenarios so that they can understand but as you grow you know that oh people are moved i need to speak to their emotions and then maybe when you move even higher and higher maybe it's something that maybe you have to speak to their desires or you have to speak about something like i'm just like making up <laughs> that scenario maybe something like that exists in uh, in the world of public speaking mm, i think it might but from from where i started and how i started the thing of public speaking i yeah. i don't think if that matters a lot to me mm. yeah what matters a lot to you <laughs> what matters a lot to me is not about ranks it's how um how i make the, the people feel Hmm. Yeah. In a session. In a session. What about your clients? What about them? Like if for example I got you to an event, right? Yeah. Is it about how you make my brand feel or it is about making the people that came feel? Um it's always like how do they want me to do it? Okay. Yeah. So I deliver the exact thing that they want. Hmm. So how far uh would you say you want to go with this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because your demand is high. <gasps> I don't know. <gasps> I actually don't know because I just found myself here. Okay. I never had plans for this, but mm-hmm. it it came. So I don't know where it will take me. I wish uh I wish to see how I mean where it takes me. Okay. It's off. Okay. I I don't want to put a lot of pressure on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it comes it comes, if it doesn't If it, it comes it comes, if it goes it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Your friends call you that Dalili. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Okay, not my friends actually. These are very forceful friends mm-hmm. who actually wanted to call me dada yeah. without me wanting it. So, I think what they see from me it's a very responsible person. Yeah. I don't know how I became such responsible, <laughs> but they see a very responsible person and I've been that. So, yeah. it actually started when I was in A level. Mm-hmm. So, I think these were my roommates. Mm. Yeah, they start calling me dada. Because I would keep everything organized by then. Yeah. So I want the room organized. I want everybody to be organized. Mm-hmm. The room to be clean and stuff. When I get into class, um, the friends that I had, I, want, I wanted them to be organized. And everything, I just wanted everything to be organized. So I took responsibility of everything and them. Yeah. yeah. So you are the bigger person. So I happen to be the bigger person. Are you still the bigger person today? Yeah, I still am. I still am. In every situation? Almost every situation. Wow. <laughs> does that take a lot of your energy as well? Um, it doesn't. I think I have it. It is in me. It comes, it comes naturally. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so I just found myself like, okay, I'm mm. this dada and I have to be dada, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You have to feed that persona. Yeah. And it takes a lot to be dada, you know. Yeah, yeah, it I, I, a lot. it does, especially when you when people start calling you dad from A level. Yeah, I was actually 17 by then, so it was such a tragic moment. 
you know, you have to handle people's situations. Mm-hmm. Even when everything doesn't seem to be okay, you have to make it feel okay. Yeah. By that time, it's no longer about you again. Mm-hmm. It's so about them because um, they count on you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. So you have to be that one person to them. <laughs> who organizes you? Myself. You don't have another person who is the bigger person to you? Mm, no, myself. What if somebody tells you something as a bigger person? As a bigger person. I'll listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just listen and I know, I know what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So my, only, my own duty is to listen. Okay. Yeah. And then everything else... Is how you decide how, to take yes. it from So let's say someone comes to you, mm-hmm. right? And they say like, Lily, you know that today's session was, I didn't really like felt it. What is your reaction? It's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe it wasn't the right time for them to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they just needed some rest and listen right after, I mean, right after the rest. Or they must wait for a right time for them to listen. Mm. So it's always okay for me. When someone does, doesn't feel what I write, what I do, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually when I do it, I do it from within. Yeah. I don't just do it because of the people. I just do it because, okay, I feel right to do it. So when it's the right thing and I know this is the right thing, I keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there one event that made you say, you know what? We are doing this for real, for real. Like, has there <laughs> ever been that event that was like, oh, People are really taking these things seriously. Oh, I should take these things seriously. Yeah. What was that event? I think, okay, I think the second event, uh, the second bigger event I did. So I started seriously being a moderator and this corporate host um, when I was in uni. Mm-hmm. I think that was 2021. Yeah. Yeah, so we had this, um, it, was, it, was, it was a symposium. It was like a short event. Yeah. yeah, short memorial event for Malimier. So we, we were there and that event only had 20 guests, you can imagine. Yeah. So I was called there to be a moderator. Yeah. They just ambushed me and I was ready. I was mm. in for it. Mm. So I went and it had people of high profile actually. Yeah. So I went there and I did it. <laughs> I just did it the way I did it. Yeah. Because I had no instructions, no guidance, no whatever. Like, just do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Okay, do it. So I did it. After that, the next call I received was I had to host an event in the presence of the minister of, I mean, state minister of international affairs, something like that. Yeah. That was shocking. That was really shocking. So, yeah. From there, <laughs> from there everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. I started, I started paying attention to everything when I stand in front of people, the way I dress, the way I show up, um, my facial expression, how I sound, the next word I'm about to speak, the people I'm about to talk to, you know, everything mattered. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a leap. Yeah. <laughs> it was a quick shift that I didn't expect at all. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me how do you choose your outfits? Because I think the outside appearance, as you've mentioned, yeah. Really matters. Matters a lot. How do you pick your outfits? First of all, I have to be seen. Okay. So when it comes to be seen, I'll always pick the light colors. Okay. And I'll try to guess and find a way that I wear something that 
either we are so few in the room who will have it mm-hmm. or something that I only will have it. All right. So I go for the sharp colors mm-hmm. and try to appear different on them. And by the time I'm in, everybody will remember. She's, she was the girl in orange. Yes. She was the girl in blue, you yeah. know, something like that. And you were wearing orange that day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I usually do. Yeah. It's either orange, yellow, blues, some sharp colors, yeah. white, you know. You never fail to see somebody who is in red. But everybody can go in especially corporate events. Everybody wants to wear black, wants to wear um, gray, yeah. you know, navy blue. Yeah. I'll go there with red so that you can see me. It's Lighter easy colors. for you to pay attention when you see me differently. Yeah. yeah. So people have to see you first. Yes. So the thing that people have to hear you or see you first, which one comes to you first? Um, I think you have to see me first before hearing me because I might not get the opportunity for, I mean, to speak to you. Yeah. So when you, when you, when you see me first, um, you create this eagerness for you to hear me. Yeah. So you have to see me first. What is never missing in your arsenal of things? That um, wherever you're going to an event, mm. this is the must-have item for you. <laughs> I think I have one, but I don't know. Um, because uh, when I stand in front of people, it's just me and the microphone. Yeah. So I don't, I don't carry my purse or my handbag. It's just me and the microphone. So I actually cannot... When I speak of accessories, it's, it's a normal thing of me having them. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't think if I have that specific thing that I must have. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I must is, I think I must pray yeah. before any session. Mm. <laughs> Serious prayers. Kabisa. Kabisa. Yeah. I do that a lot. Even mm. when it comes to fasting, I'll have to fast for an event. Wow. Sometimes I do that because you never know. <laughs> it's that deep. It's very connected to me that much. Tell me about that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what other people believe, but I believe in God. That's my highest power that I believe in. So um, I love submitting everything to God. So yeah. sometimes it takes a lot of prayers for me to gain. It's not normal for you to smile for hours in front of people, make people see you, only you on that event. Yeah. So you just have, need, I mean, you just have to pray. You need God. <laughs> I need God. Maombi anguvu. Maombi akufunga is not a joke. It's not a joke. So it actually depends on how intense the work is. Mm. Yeah. How do you measure the the intensity of the work? The the kind of audience I, I mean we receive. Yeah. Yeah. Are there like audiences that are normally just hard to work with? Academicians. All right. Yeah, and I happen to be working with those people a lot. What is the difficult part about them? They know everything and they want to reason everything. So you have to be careful with the content you give them. Yeah. Yeah. Has there ever been like a serious like miscom between you and academicians? Mm, no. Because mm. I always deliver something of their interest. Yeah. So yeah, everything falls in line. So you know how to game them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I really have to be aware of the people that I'm going to turn in front of them. Yeah. Who are they? Mm. Where are they from? What do they know? Like I do such research. How long does, let's say, your background check takes? For example, let's say you have an event next week. How much of your time will you, will you dedicate to knowing the people that are going to be there? Actually, not much of my time, yeah. but I have to put time on that. Um, it actually depends on how I want it to be. So the time actually depends on how intense I feel. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, on how pressured I feel. So every time I remember that this is the work I'm supposed to go and do, yeah, I just have to go and do some research. So where does the majority of your time mm. or energy goes to when you're preparing for an event? Myself, I listen to a lot of people before, mm-hmm. before, um, before presenting anything in front of anybody. Yeah. So apart from research, I have to listen to a lot of speakers too. How they deliver, I mean, how they deliver to different audiences. How do they show up? Yeah. yeah. Who are your favorite speakers currently? I don't think if I have favorite, but... I, I do I, I do listen to Vusi Vusi Tebekwai a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That man I, I don't I don't know, but I listen to him a lot. Mm-hmm. I also listen to Michelle Obama. Okay. Yeah. I listen to Barack as well. Yeah. Um Oprah. Mm-hmm. I also listen to Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um who else? Will Smith. Okay. Yes. And who else? Uh Maya Angelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is it about Oprah that moves you? I think the way she found her voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every time I listen to Oprah, I know whenever I stand in front of people, I have to sound like me. Okay. And not like anybody else I've just listened to. Mm-hmm. So even when I spend um, 20 hours listening to Vusi, I don't have to sound as Vusi. I have to sound like me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When you started speaking, do you sound like someone? Mm, no. Are you sure? Very sure. Unless somebody noticed mm-hmm. um, if I, sound, I sounded like somebody. But yeah. from the very beginning, I sounded like me because I wanted that. I started yeah. listening to opera even before I started speaking. Mm. So that thing of finding my voice, I've been rotating in my head. Yeah. yeah. Because I think the, the question of finding your voice, yeah. especially when it comes to creative work, yeah. because I think I'm, I'm going to take um, stage presence and you know, public speaking, yeah as a form of art yeah. is that it comes, you know, you refine it every time. Yes. And sometimes you start it from a place of listening to other people, as you're saying. And somehow when you talk, or when you do things, people will be like, oh, you're doing things like someone, you know, and maybe sometimes you might really not notice it, but yeah. sometimes you might be noticing it because you're using words like the way they will use words because mm-hmm. maybe you want to be like them. But then you reach a point where you're like, you know what? I can't keep on being like someone. I have to be myself. Now that you have found confidence and you're like, now I want to charter my own waters. And now you start speaking and behaving just like yourself. You know, that is like the thing that I've seen with creative work. Like it starts from a place where you're like, for example, for me, where you are currently obsessed (laughs) over someone and you're like, Oh, how do they like formulate statements? How will they ask questions? Where did they begin all these things? Like when you're like, how, 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 <laughs> when you're like, how yeah. everything came about. Uh-huh. And then you build on top of those concepts. And then you're like, now let's go and do something out there. But then when you go out, you do something. Now you start hearing yourself sounding like the, ad- the other person. And you're like, no, 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 no. I want to sound like myself. But then you've already created um, your own set of confidence, your own set of tools. Now you start sounding like yourself. You start to have like, quote unquote, a style. Yes. I think one thing about your voice, um, it's not not about finding it. You Mm -hmm. keep discovering your voice, how it falls onto a place. Yeah. So um, it's just a matter of you doing it. Yeah. And doing it and enjoying it. 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you just find yourself, okay, this is my voice. And it works like that. It's very easy said than done. <laughs> very easy said than done. Yes, because I remember even in photography, right? Mm. Um, you will start from a very plain spot. You know nothing about this. Yeah. But you know that you have something to say. Yeah. There are people who find it very early what they want to say with their works. So they straight out come as originals. And then there are people like me now who it takes, you know, trial and error and imitation and all that to be, you know, to have like that authentic way of expressing yourself through your art. You know, and from their own <laughs> words, it's like, it's like a walk in the park now. You can, you can even talk about it because it's your own voice. So it is like, I think that thing we were talking about the alchemist that you are yet to find yeah. your voice. And then everything that is actually speaking to you is speaking to you directly. Yeah. And then you can take that and move with it forward. Yeah. I wanted to know if you have like a phrase that you constantly use in your public speaking. I don't, I don't have such. Mm-hmm. I think my voice is enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My voice is enough. I think repetitive of everything um, becomes boring sometimes because mm-hmm. people expect you to do it. Yeah. So I just want to make it less of the expectations. Mm-hmm. So every time they see me, they just have to see the new me. Yeah. What I have on that day, what I have on that event that matches to them. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from praying, mm. do you have any other ritual before you do an event? Rest. Okay. I have to make sure that I had um, good rest, even if it's not um, having long sleeping hours, but I have to at least refresh my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Something to clear my mind. Yeah. I might do brain dumping just to clear my head. Mm. Yeah. What do you do to pass time? Sleeping, actually. Do you dream at night or in the afternoons? Mm, any, anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Serious dreams? Yeah. Anytime. So you do a bachelor in biomedical lab technology. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about this. What is this cause? Um, it's really hard to talk about it, um, what exactly it is, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it's a merge of medicine, um, biomedical science, and lab technology. Yeah. Yeah. How complicated is it to merge that school life and the public speaking life? I think I have different personalities. When it comes to school, I'm a student. Mm-hmm. When it comes to public speaking, I'm a corporate host and a moderator. Yeah. So I'm not a corporate host in class. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've been this student. You cannot imagine how I've been skipping those uh, presentations in class. Yeah. I never wanted to present in class. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know, but I just feel it's not my thing. Yeah. And I couldn't actually present in class. I rarely present in class. Even talking in front of people. In the class? Yeah, I don't. But when the same people see me on stage, they just freak out. Just <laughs> They're like, is she the same person? Yeah. So that's how I, I've set the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't give you any troubles like trying to find time for school finding time for i mean there is always time for everything yeah yeah so how i i i calculate my time Mm -hmm. it's always about me calculating my time um setting my uh my to-do list right yeah yeah so when you put uh public speaking aside Mm -hmm. and 
by Medical Lab Tech yeah. on the other side. What other hobbies do you pursue? I'm trying to figure out what do I do when I'm quiet. I read. Mm-hmm. So I write as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, I tried to, it was, I think it was last year. Yeah. I was just trying to find new hobbies. So I found some in sports. I was just to be this, you know, updated about sports and stuff. So yeah. How did that end? I'm still a sports fan. Mm-hmm. So you can take me to the pitch and I enjoy. <laughs> Which club? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had been committed. I had been committed. You had to be committed? I had been committed. But, but I mean like football once committed fans. Once, I mean once committed fan, but that's, I mean, I've been a football fan. Yeah. Years back and I stopped. Mm-hmm, because? It, I just saw it wasn't right. How, what was what was not right? I couldn't figure out like how do I involve myself on such things mm-hmm. that could bring me so much unnecessary stress. Mm-hmm. Just like that, you know. It's sports. It's sports, yeah, and I could control that. I did, but here again, I am. I think <laughs> I just <laughs> felt. <laughs> Which team were you supporting that brought you this much stress? I okay. Um, when I was. Very young, I started supporting Manchester United when I was really young. I think when I was, um, was it seven or eight? Yeah. Then it happened, um, Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. shifted to another mm. club. Yeah. Then I didn't know if I was supposed to be a Manchester United fan. Or a Cristiano Ronaldo or fan. Or Cristiano Ronaldo's fan. Yeah. Then I started being a Real Madrid fan. Yeah. So it happened again mm-hmm. when Cristiano Ronaldo shifted mm-hmm. to Juventus and I was like, so who am I? <laughs> what do I want? <laughs> so the only conclusion I, I had was, okay, quit this thing. It's not your thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I quit it from there, but I, I started to be a, a football fan again. Mm. Yeah. But so, you're not a fan of Messi. I'm not a fan of Messi. Not really. I'm not a fan of Messi's fans. Wow. Yeah. Tell me about them. What irritates you about Messi's fans? Because they always speak ill of Ronaldo. And I am the fan of, I mean, I'm a fan of Ronaldo. What made you a fan in the first place? I just like Ronaldo. You know, I, I was young and I found this guy named Ronaldo. He's just a great football player. And I was like, okay, I mean. Handsome. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just going to be a fan. Yeah. I don't know. You know, when you're young, everything comes, I mean, everything is so genuine. Yeah. So you, you give it all to, in everything. So I think I gave, it, I gave my all to him. Mm. So I just, I mean, I just started being a fan, a lawyer fan. Of Ronaldo. Yeah. Out of nowhere. I don't have reasons. To be. Yeah. And I also have reasons not to be. <laughs> what do you think about his current move to the Saudi Arabia? It's okay. As long as he's happy. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what matters. Mula. Yeah. And if it makes you happy and you're getting a lot of money out of it. Then that's it. Power to you. Yeah. What else do you like to see more of? Um, let's say in the society that you think like, okay, maybe we should have more of something than something. I think people, I mean, we should have less of opinions. Yeah. And let people be who they want to be. Tell me about that. I think we are so into, I mean, we are so focusing on the wrong things when it comes to people and things. Mm-hmm. That we want to speak of and about everything and yeah. anything we feel like. Mm-hmm. It actually is, poli- I mean, it polices how other people are supposed to be, behave and do anything that are supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I think we should do less of opinions and let people be 
who they want to be. Yeah. yeah. But let's say for example that 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 um that thing mm. that we should let people be. Yeah. And not talk about something. Yeah. Right? I found it comba currently we have a lot of information yeah. at our hands. And arguments are yeah. not are made in court. Yeah. You know, you can have arguments made in the public court. Yeah. And you know, a lot of things seem like oh, it's just a normal thing. You know, like if he can make it, I can make it. Yeah. You know, so why not? Like I have a say about it. I I, I can have a say about politics, about cars, about everything else. So normally people will comment about stuff like that. But the depth of it or mm-hmm. the understanding of actually what happens behind the scenes you found it was just like oh they're just talking about this from vibes point of view so i don't think it's okay to say don't say something about something okay it's not about don't say something about something but too much opinions is it necessary how necessary is it i mean you you find you you feel good about it you feel good about it yes when you reverse it I mean, like it doesn't. I mean, like it's not about me. It's about <laughs> what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like I give opinions about stuff that I think. I mean, like I understand this thing. I thought it should be this way and not this way. And you know, one thing about opinions, you said um, it's not about you. It's about what you say. Yeah. And when somebody else has an opinion, it's like they attach you to your opinion. Yeah. And right from there, they start having other opinions. You see. So we can start talking about it from there. Yeah, only if it matters and it's necessary. Like Messi and Ronaldo um, yeah. discourse. Do you think that has substance? Maybe. I know I had I had too much information, I had noise, so I I limit myself from such information. Mm. Yeah. I limit myself from noise because it distracts me. Yeah. I cannot think on the depths that I want to think into those deeper dimensions that I want to reach. So Every time um, I feel something brings so much noise mm-hmm. in my ears or in my eyes, I just have to quit it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you take um, leaves from social media? I do. How long have you gone without social media? I think I, I did last year, it was in June. I did like 30 days of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also did, uh, was it in 2020? I did it like two weeks of social media at all. No WhatsApp, no Twitter, no Instagram. Yeah. I did that. So maybe this year is going to be a little longer. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to extend it. Yeah. It, it's actually good. It makes you um, do things intentionally. Yeah. So you get time to reason and reflect with yourself. How am I? What, what do I do actually on social media? Yeah. How do I want to? I mean, what do I want to do on social media? So mm. you get to control everything. You put everything under control and that's how I love it. Yeah. yeah. So what else, um, Lillian, is... Are we not speaking more about like let's say you want to see more discussions about this particular thing as a society what is it that we are not talking about i think um, our feelings and emotions mm-hmm. yeah people should try talk about how they feel becoming more vulnerable yeah more vulnerable but there are consequences their, their, to, their emotions but there are consequences to that yeah they are mm-hmm. but because we're not used to that yeah yeah that's why we, we actually see the negative side of it so much. Because when, when you try to be vulnerable in a group of people who are not used to be vulnerable, they have to take advantage of you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, in, in, it's not our culture. It's not how we used to be. Um, but if I could be vulnerable in a group of vulnerable people, that's something easy. Yeah. Yeah. 
we could actually we easily connect when you I, I mean when I I mean when I get to understand your feelings mm. it's easier to con- to connect with you yeah yeah so I think people should invest more mm. on accepting their feelings and emotions and talk about them yeah yeah so what are you mostly excited about in 2023 I mean school is done so I don't know what <laughs> life has for me <laughs> so that's what excites congratulations me. for finishing yeah, school thank you thank you so much yeah. so I don't know what life has for me in streets yeah so yeah But you're excited about going to the I'm streets. excited because this school was about to kill me actually. Oh. How many years? Um I did three years. Oh, just yeah. three years and you wanted to die. Yeah, it wasn't just three years. You know, um I have a very complicated um academic journey. So um before three years I had two years yeah. of I mean of waiting. Okay. Yeah, so that makes it five years. Mm-hmm. So I just want to <laughs> I've been on that. Um, I just want to get done with it because mm. there have been so much of stress. Um, so, I mean, it has been a lot. Mm-hmm. So now that it's done, I want to see what life has for me. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations and welcome to the streets. Thank you. As you can see, it's very hot. <laughs> it's very hot and the streets are beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to see any other side of the street, but the streets are beautiful. They're beautiful. Very beautiful. I'm glad you, find, you <laughs> think that way. It's a very positive way of thinking about the streets. Actually, you know, um, one time a friend of me asked, um, how do you find the street? And I started, um, I started complaining and he gave me an assignment. Go yeah. read a book. Yeah. The Power of Positive Habits. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. That was a book and I didn't read that book. So since I didn't read that book, I had to be positive on everything. Yeah. So I have to uh, find the good on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> That's a very beautiful mindset. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have to do it mm. for me and for my friend. Yeah. yeah. Lillian, thank you very much for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I know you're a very good public speaker. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So welcome to the streets. I hope they treat you better. Mm, I really hope so. Positively? I do. And you get to enjoy it. Mm, yeah. Welcome again next time if we have anything to talk about. Next time if I have anything to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I will <laughs> because I know for a fact it's going to take a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, it, it might it might take longer, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't hope I don't wish for it to take that long. Yeah. Do you plan to have your own podcast? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What will you be talking about? Uh, I don't know. I haven't figured out yet. I mm. wish I could figure it out earlier because I would be I mean I would be having it by now yeah. if I'd figured out. Hmm. So I could be having it. So who do you listen to when you wind down? The music, the playlist? Music playlist. Mm. Who I listen to most. Yeah, your music. What what are your tastes in music? I think I listen to everything mm-hmm. apart from reggae. And you have been in Uganda. You're yeah. Not re- and you're not listening to reggae. Yeah. Wow. That's what I've been telling my Ugandan friends, actually. They are so into reggae and that's a turn off for me. That's the point that you, have, you haven't <laughs> gone to. Uh, I haven't gone to many points, actually. So I restricted myself from everything, including speaking their language. Mm. Yeah. So actually a lot, quite a lot. It's very strict. Uh, you know, I, I noticed um, this copycat. Mm. I quickly um, get, learn accents. Yeah. So I quickly learn everything. And they get so into me. So mm. whenever I'm in a place and hear how people speak, mm. it can affect how I speak and everything. Yeah. 
So I had to restrict myself from speaking the language because I knew whenever I started speaking that language, it might affect the way I sound, my accent and everything. Wow. So for three years that I've been there, actually four that yeah. I've been there, hmm. I didn't want to speak their language only because <laughs> of that. I know it would sound terrible in their accent, yeah. knowing that I'm not a Ugandan sounding like Ugandans in a, you know, in places that they don't have Ugandans. Yeah. It sounds weird. Yeah. So I didn't want to be a weird person. So if you have to give my listener today one piece of music that they have to listen to, what will that song be? So what mood is your listen in? Any mood. Any mood. Yeah. So I've actually now listened, I've been actually listening this album, Yamario, mm-hmm. The Kid You Know. Yeah. Yes, and I love it. So they can go and listen anything from there. <laughs> That's the vibe. Yeah. And... Not only that, I love this song, yeah, Jukes and Bien. Yes. Lucky Now. Mm-hmm. I love it. Lucky Now, Jukes and Bien? Yeah. Wow. From his album as well. Yeah. King of Hearts, is yeah. it? Yes, yes. Yeah. I've been listening to that album as well, so they can go and listen if they want my type of music. Yeah. I have a terrible taste of music. It's trash, totally trash. Who said so? I said so. I mean, so. you're listening to Jukes and Bien. <laughs> So if if they are into what I listen, they can go and listen to that. I mean, you know, like Jukes and Bien are like some of the like top yeah musicians out mm-hmm. there. <laughs> so you're you're really not listening to trash. Uh, I think I think because I can li- I I listen to everything and I don't think if I've I have a, I think I have a good year of music. Yeah. Because I sport a good music from the very very beginning. Yeah. But when it comes to other people now. I'm listening to what I listen. It's always a problem. I can <laughs> so we can't really give you like the cable to control the music in a party. I'm a good DJ as well. Oh. I make a very good DJ. Yeah. All I right. actually wanted to be a DJ at some point of my life. Yeah. Yeah. But what no. happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember it was when I, when, when I was done with my O-level. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know, you get a lot of, free time yeah. when you're done like nine months and you don't know what to do by yeah. that time. Yeah. So I was just there a 16 year old, not knowing what to do with their life. So I was so into music by then. Yeah. I used to be a dancer in school. Mm. I could force myself to sing. Yeah. Yeah. So by then I had, I still had dreams in music because yeah. I had a lot of dreams in music and entertainment. So wow. For that free time, I wanted to do um, to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. So I I wanted to do a cause, like being a professional DJ. Kabisa, kabisa, kabisa. Mm. So my after my mom saw <laughs> seeing that, <laughs> she didn't like that at all. I, she didn't like that. Yeah. So she had to send me for pre from five. Yeah. And the dream, had to quit. Yeah. Is it still there somewhere? Yeah, it's still there. I love music. Yeah. But I don't think if I had some dreams that I had with music as I had, you know, I was this visionary kid. Mm-hmm. I really love music and the entertainment industry. You know, when you, I mean, I'm from a musical family. So oh. one thing about us, when you <laughs> give us music, mm-hmm. like you give us everything. Yeah. 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 So back then I just wanted everything. I loved music. I could, I could, I mean, I could watch the fiestas, all Matamasha Zile, you know, mm-hmm. I could watch everything and I loved everything about it. So at some point in my life, I also dreamt to be, um, to do event mastering. Yeah. I mean, specifically on stages. Mm. So I saw like, I once saw that stage. Um, what was that? Castle Light and Lock when they first landed. Yeah. Yeah. Their first event on leaders. Yeah. So they had a very 
nice stage. Mm-hmm. Um, something <laughs> that never happened actually, and I never saw in the country. Yeah. So it was something so nice that yeah. okay. After I saw that, after seeing that, I I wanted to be to do that stage mm-hmm. mastering. Yeah. So I wanted to you know something with music, something with the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. But my mom didn't like that. Actually, nobody saw that in me. Yeah. But I wanted that. Mm. I really wanted that from my heart. So <laughs> the dreams died. <laughs> <laughs> the dreams died. DJ Lily, who would have thought? Yeah, and I make and I make a very a very nice DJ. You can never imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like to listen to your to your playlist now. <laughs> I make a very nice DJ. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened back then. But I yeah. had a lot of dreams with entertainment industry. You yeah. know, I was just exposed into music and entertainment. Mm. So much exposed until when I was. I think 17. Everything, I think I experienced a great shift in my life when I was 17. Yeah. Because that's when I started being responsible with my life, responsible <laughs> about other people. My dreams died. Yeah. <laughs> I, started being, I started doing so different stuff. So when I was 15, it's when I was in Form 5 and I found myself doing PCB, a course that I didn't want. Actually, a combination that I didn't want. Mm. So I had to, tri- I mean, to stick into school. Yeah. Yeah, all my math had to be there. I had to give up everything, including music. For that? For that. It's the only gift that I had to give to my mom. My mom wanted me to do PCB. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she doesn't get to hear this. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I was forced to, to change my life from there. Yeah. I started to be serious in my life. Everything changed from there. Adulting being scam started... At 17 very for early, you. very <laughs> early. You know, I was this um, chaotic child. Yeah. Very stubborn, very tragic when, when I was um, 16 and below. Yeah. So I was this, you know, I could do anything, but not in front of people. Yeah. Um, when I do anything in front of people, it must be a surprise because no one expects it. Yeah. I remember one time I danced in front of my teachers and they had to call me in the staff room asking me, where did you learn that? Because nobody thought I could dance in front of people. Because yeah. <laughs> I was very shy. I couldn't, um, I remember being a prefect at school and I couldn't even control the parade. Wow. I couldn't do that. How did you become a prefect then? I told you, um, people saw everything in me. I didn't see anything in myself. Yeah. So when I was 14, um, the second master wanted me to be a prefect, actually a head girl. Mm-hmm. Something that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. But I became a head girl yeah. when I was 14. So controlling the whole school when you're in Form 2 was, <laughs> was so much burden on me. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how I was. I was a terrible leader by then. Very terrible. Yeah. You could find me on everything that you didn't want to find me into. <laughs> <laughs> I could do, I mean, I could break every rule at yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my protection. Oh, I'm, I'm the haired girl. Yeah. And actually, they didn't find a perfect fit for me. And I think, <laughs> I, I think I had that as an advantage. So I could do anything. So you went like that for, from, from two to from four? No, I shifted school. Oh. Yeah, I had to shift. So I think they found my replacement after I shifted. Yeah. So when I came, because I, I was in Arusha by then. Yeah. And being in Arusha... You know everything about that city and the people you meet, and you you just find yourself, you know, vibing out of nowhere. Yes, out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a vibe. Of, out of nowhere. So I've been that kid. So I had to come this side. Um, I went to Baobab then. I don't know how it was. 
But I think I carried all everything from Arusha to this side <laughs> until I had to go to A level because I went the A level in the same school. So yeah. I still had that. Um, I want to dance. I want to do this. Though I didn't do that. I mean, in so much intensity that I did when I was in a, a back then, back then in Arusha. So yeah. at least something changed when I came to this side. You know, because I was from. A mixed school. I came to a single school. Yeah. Everything has had to change. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. So at least something was like going to be stabbed, stabilized, yeah. or <laughs> hidden. <laughs> so I had to to be this kid who is lucky. Yeah. So yeah, but when I went to A level, everything changed totally. I became a religious leader. You know, everything. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody saw that in me. I didn't even see myself becoming a religious leader. Yeah. But I had to. And everything changed, like totally changed. So my love you, Are you happy with that change? I'm really happy. Yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine being the kid I was mm-hmm. um to date. Because I think me being into um into into religious, I mean so religious, um being so serious with school, yeah, it's it, it just shaped me, yeah. made me more disciplined, made me more concerned about people. Yeah, because back then the only person I cared about was myself. Yeah, and not anybody's opinion, not nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can talk, but at the end of the day, it's me. So yeah, I can just pretend to be who you want to be in front of you and be who I want to be when I'm alone. Yeah. So yeah, but when I came this side and everything changed, I grew up so fast. Everything totally changed. Even I think even the way I behaved at home changed. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can imagine this last born being so responsible and stuff, you know. Even, I think even people at home started seeing things that they didn't see. Started preaching for people, you know. I did that and everybody was shocked. <laughs> this is a person. A person who was told like, Chesa mbele again, you know, is told, again, you have to pray. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Chesa mbele again, you see? Yeah, that so is, everything that's like, a drastic change. Yeah. So everything just changed and I'm happy that yeah. it changed. It changed for the better. Yeah, it changed for the better. Though I think I still have the other me. Yeah. Yeah, but not so much. When, th- when does the other you come out? When I'm so comfortable with the people I am. Mm. Yeah, it comes. Because I think that's who really I am. I mean, that's the me. The, the kid in me still wants to... <laughs> <laughs> still wants to play. Still wants to play. And yeah. now I'm an adult, you know. Ah, I just have to cope with it. Yeah. Yeah. But still there is that piece or that place that you go when you're like a kid. And, you know, like getting to relieve that moment. Yeah. Or getting to live like that. Yeah. I think it's always very rewarding. It's very, <laughs> it, 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 it is very, very, very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Because at, at some point you're like, there are no consequences to my actions. Nobody's watching. Nobody's looking. So um, One thing about me, even when you're watching, as long <laughs> as it doesn't get so much into the me I am right now. So, yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's okay. So though you have, to, I mean, right now you have to do things that are more intentional. Yeah. You have to be so, I mean, more purposeful and considerate mm-hmm. through people you are doing some. Um, people knowing me as I am, the dad that I am, um, yeah. the religious person that I am, yeah. and whatever leader that I've been, yeah. doing such crazy stuff, it's, it can be a turn off and a disappointment to them. So <laughs> At the same time, just, because they're yeah. like, 
We thought this is our leader. We hold her yeah. in such a high regard. But so, what is happening? Sometimes I just have to do me and sometimes I just have to consider them and their feelings. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's them, you know, they want to see this in me and sometimes I just have to be their own, their own mother they want. Yeah. They're the mentor they want to see in me <laughs> and the sister they want to have in me. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about mentors, do you have any mentors? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But not a go a go to mentor. Yeah. I have plenty, plenty much mentors. Okay. So now that I've told you I listen a lot to Vusi, he has this episode in his podcast, it is Map and Mirrors. So now I since I don't have like the go to mentors, yeah. I just have categorized them into maps and mirrors. The people I can go to when I feel stuck or when I want some um some directions into whatever thing that I'm doing. Mm. They're there and the people I look up to, you know. That's a very interesting part. It's <laughs> a very interesting part. Yeah. I remember I had um, one guest and we were talking about the role of mentors mm. and how really they help you in fast tracking um, yeah. the, the, the lane that you're walking in. And it was a very useful concept. The way that he framed it yeah. was very beautiful. And he said, like, I don't have to... Um, like, somebody doesn't have to go through the same mistakes that yeah. the other person went through when they have mentors because yeah. that is like what mentors are there for yeah. because they guide you depending on which path on you choose to walk. On their experiences, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it really was like, oh, I need to find one. It's about <laughs> time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it was really a nice, a nice conversation about mentor, mentee. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing having a mentor, but every time I consider that they're also humans, Mm -hmm. They fall sometimes. Sometimes they don't feel like talking to people and you're there needing some guidance. Mm -hmm. What do they do? Uh, it's them being somebody else for you yeah. and not being themselves. I find it, it's easy for me facing a sister or a friend and have a mentor in them yeah. than them knowing they're my mentors. Oh, yeah. All right. So like you've, you go to a certain somebody with a certain thing. Yeah. And you get what they will think about it or how they will solve yes. it without you burdening them with, this yeah. is my go-to person. This is my go-to person. No. You are my friend, you are my sister. And in case I'll have something that relates to you that I want it, yeah. I'll be there seeking for guidance, help or anything that you can offer. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than pushing it all into, into one person. What mm -hmm. if uh, what I want, he or she doesn't like or doesn't, didn't experience or doesn't have a view on it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's something it. hard. <laughs> it is. I, I can't mean, like, imagine contextually, it's hard. When you, when you put it like that, yeah. it becomes very, very hard. It, be, to, it becomes very hard. So um, to handle that, that's why I, I read a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trying to seek knowledge from smarter people. Yeah. Yeah. Through I, reading books now. Through reading books, listening to podcasts and stuff. Um, um, what else? The talks and everything, yeah. interviews. I listen to everything. Mm. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite talk that is like this talk you you go back to time and time again, and somehow it teaches you something, or it was the, the lessons in it were so profound that you just go back to it, or the vibe, or whatever. <laughs> it was just like you know, like I think there there are those things that, for example, I go back to. I might have like looked at it maybe 20 times, mm -hmm. but I'll just like put it there and play it and just listen to it. Like even if from a distance or even if I'm not even like listening to it, but it is just there. <laughs> Do you have I, something like I, that? I have. 
I I love this um this interview that Michelle had with Oprah. Yeah. Yes. That's my go-to interview. I think I can I know everything in that interview. Mm. I've listened over and over and over. Like I know everything, every word in that, that interview. Yeah, that interview and it's it's like one hour long. And the other one it's it's the interview that Tony Tony Brew, I don't know how this how they pronounce this name. Tony Brew and Vusi Tembekwayo. Yeah, okay. Tony Brew and yes. Vusi. And the other one is the interview that um Will Smith had with who this guy? Mm, the podcaster. Who is that guy? The Indian guy. Jay Shetty. Ah, uh, Jay Shetty. Yes. Yeah. That's my favorite. I think because I've been so into Will. Yeah. Recently, so I've digged a lot about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. What are you finding out about Will? Mm, he's a human. Apart from him being a movie star, it's also a human. Yeah. Yeah. He has his downfalls, like everybody of us has. Yeah. So everything in his life happens just like normal human. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Jada. Jada, complicated. <laughs> like me. <laughs> She's such a complicated person, just like me. So I was li- I was reading this book, and one part like Will um tried to to do this party. Yeah. I think she was standing forty or fifty. Forty. Yeah, forty. Mm. So Will did. Uh, a party for her, yeah. and that lady was like, "No, I don't want that." Yes, you know, yeah, <laughs> that is that is so me. Yeah, that is so me. So she's she's such complicated person to deal with, just like I am. So it's a good thing that I found a lot um, about Will yeah. that I liked. So um, the fact that that he loved the book of The Alchemist, yeah. my favorite book, my mm-hmm. top favorite book. Mm. Yeah, that made me love Will from the first place. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that he had to learn um, boxing in his 30s. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I think it's good. To, I mean, it's good to learn about people. Mm. Yeah. Getting to listen to them, hear what they have in their minds, know more about them. Actually, we connect more when you know who they are, who they really are. Yeah. And that happens only when we listen to people or um, invest on knowing them. Mm. So I, I did that to you. <laughs> You are invested. I, I was really invested because before I, wa- I actually wanted to read that book. But before reading that book, I actually only knew Will as an actor. Yeah. So I wanted to know him, like, what extra does this actor had yeah. to, for him to make a book? You know, you don't just write a book. Yeah. So I went and searched his interviews, mm-hmm. um, all the things he did, the, the talks he did. Yeah. After listening to that, then I came to the book. Mm-hmm. Then I've been shifting from books to talks, books to talks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now I can say I know Will. Yeah. yeah. There is a book, um, the, the Will book, by the yeah. way, that um, my friend Ozzy mm. had. So what he did profoundly with that book, mm. because he's a very, very huge Will Smith fan, yeah. he highlighted it. Yeah. So beautifully. It's somewhere. Mm. So you have all these highlighted texts. So the book just becomes, you know, like a treasure of some sort. So like <laughs> everything that is like a positive one, he has like put a note there and wrote something about it. So it looks like a very huge manuscript of <laughs> sense. That, that's what I hate when people tell me to give them the books that I've read because everything is so highlighted. Uh, in your books? Yeah. So it's a personal affair. <laughs> your books are just your books. 
<laughs> yeah, my books are just my books. I, I highlight everything. Everything. Mm. I highlight everything in a book that I really like. No, I, I, I highlight everything that I think I'm interested into and something that I, I would want to learn more from that, you yeah, know, yeah. somebody's perspective, how, 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 I mean, how it happened that they had that thought. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it is mostly things that I can quote later. You know, I'm like, oh, this is like a quotable quote. So I'll take that. Or sometimes it's, if it's a book about, if it's a novel, it is how the writer really like connected this line and this line. So this particular story, what did it mean? So it might be like one paragraph or like maybe, you know, two or three paragraphs. And all of those, the way that words were being used, just connect in this like weird, profound way together. And I'll be like, I like that particular part. <laughs> and because I can't like just highlight maybe the first line mm. and the third line in the third paragraph, I'm like, I'm just going to highlight the whole of it. And then <laughs> I'll just be working with it because I'm like, I don't want to lose this one. So it's mostly like something that I would quote or put, put somewhere there. That's nice. Yeah, but not something that I'm going to search for later. I, I, I do, I do, I do search. You do search? Yeah. Even when I watch movies, I guess. Mm -hmm. I do search for characters. Wow. <laughs> so it, it becomes deeper <laughs> it than becomes just a movie. It becomes deeper than just a movie. I think I'm, that's why people told me, like, I'm so serious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing serious. Just a matter of, I just want to know these people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How, how it, did it happen that they're so good in what they're doing? They're so connected on a certain scene yeah. or on a certain word that became so repetitive or they, comes, they became so good at it. Yeah. So I just wanted to know. So what, what movie uh, have you, has done that, like recently, mm, that you've watched? So I'm actually now watching this series, um, FBI International. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this one guy, um, special agent, special agent Forrester. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, he has this nice character. Yeah. And <laughs> as an FBI, so he just had to go and see what, what did he do in his other movies? Yeah. What was his other movies? Yeah. Um, who is he? Like, what about his family life? What does he do, you know? <laughs> yeah, to become, like, you know, um, it's always about... How do you show up the way you show up when you're on a certain event? Yes. Those people help me to build myself like, okay, I'm this person. And how do I show up on a certain scene? Yeah. Or on a certain event? How, how do I show up for myself? Yeah. Yeah. So they help me show up. <laughs> <laughs> they give you like, oh, what you're doing is properly fine. Yes. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. This is like how it is supposed to be done. Yes. How, how, how to love what you're doing. Yeah. Yes, because you might find um, some movies you're watching and you might find, you know, underdog actors or, you know, they are very upcoming, but they are doing so good and you want to know <laughs> where did they gain that confidence from? How did they become so good from nowhere? Yeah. And you just find like, okay, they had it. So maybe I should try. Yes. Maybe you should do something related to it. To, yeah. You know? yeah. And get it. Beautiful. <laughs> That's a very nice way to end the conversation. Unless you have something else. I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite Bible book? My favorite Bible book, this is going to shock a lot of people, but it's Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about it? Uh, I, I love that that guy had confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, there this certain part that that guy told, yeah, and he, <laughs> he told God, 
to listen to him, I mean to pay attention to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Like I am Nehemiah and Nisikiliza kwa makini, you know? You think, <laughs> why do you get such an audacity to tell God? He's your God, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> At least like, try to be humble. Yeah. <laughs> But that guy was like, okay, this is me talking to you and listen to me, God. You should listen. Yeah. yeah. So I just love that book, Nehemiah, how, how he was so into his destiny and his all purpose. Mm. Yeah. Really, Santa Santa for coming to the <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think all the listeners are going to understand what was happening <laughs> because that was like a very jumbled journey. I, I hope I But, hope they do and yeah, I hope I hope they get to pick anything from yeah. this conversation if it's not from me, maybe from you. <laughs> maybe from you. But you are the yeah. guest, so definitely from you. Mm, maybe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it was a, a, a two-way thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. If not from me, maybe from you. Because we were both talking yeah. and we both had things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So where can my listener find you? Your listeners, actually, who yeah. are our listeners by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They can find me on social medias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dalili or Lilian Mpodachuma. Just search that. Yeah. And it will lead you or Google that. It may lead you to on all my platforms. Yeah. That you do exist. Lilian Mpodachuma. Yeah. That it. Thank you very much, Lilian. Thank you so much, Mark. This was very it. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> We should do this again. Exactly. <laughs>